Welcome to Freedom Word Podcast from the Freedom Center International East Legon Branch. As a weekly podcast, the Word of God is taught and preached by Apostle Ken Kojusafo, Man of the Spirit. And we will invest in the Word of God. Get set for a revelation that will transform your life for good. Now, let's get into the Word of God. Break every chain. Malachi chapter 2, verses 1 to 2. I came skipping when they said unto me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. If you have a bottle of water, I would advise you to sip it because the word that's coming, but it's the word of the Lord. Amen. 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 I came skipping and jumping when they said unto me, Let us go. To the house of the Lord. Amen. Because everything I need, I find it in God's house. Amen. Malachi chapter 2, I'll be reading from verses 1 to 2. Anytime you hear the preacher read one verse, you know it's, it's good, it's good, huh? It shouldn't last too long, hopefully. Malachi chapter 2, 1 to 2. And now, you priests, this warning is for you. If you do not listen, and if you do not resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you, and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them, because you have not resolved to honor me. Amen. We drank the water, yeah? So, um... I thought about what to share and last year the Lord gave me a series of teachings called Resolve and it was about resolving uh, what we need to make our minds on and the Lord just led me to this particular chapter too. I spent months and months and months but today just taking this little scripture for us to look a little bit about it. And I'll go over it very briefly again. It says, now you priest, this warning is for you. In other words, this word of the Lord is for you and I. If you do not listen and if you do not resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I'll send a curse on you and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them because you have not resolved to honor me. Now, in order for me to do it, I would start by, I, those of you who listen to me or if you don't know, I like a lot of definitions. I'm going to give you a definition of resolve because that's the linchpin to whatever we're going to um, talk about today. So if you want a title, it's resolve, okay? And this is what resolve means. It means to come to a definite or earnest decision about something. In other words, to be determined to do something, okay? So when somebody says, I resolve to do this, it means that I've made up my mind. No matter what happens, that particular thing, I will do it. So it means to be determined to do something. Again, it means to come to a determination, to make one's mind up. And it means to have an intention, okay? An intention. It also means willpower. Some of you may know that, to have willpower. You know, sometimes you just have this thing that I have to do this thing. No matter what happens, I will do this thing. It also means to be purposeful. To be purposeful. Okay? So that's what the word means. And in this walk that God has called you and I, he expects in some cases that we have a resolve. 
we need to make up our minds. How many of us know that? I think some of us are even like that. There are some people, they just cannot be shifted. Yeah? And sometimes it's good or bad. You know, sometimes you, you meet this person and the person has made up their mind that no matter what happens, that is what they will do. And it can be good or bad, okay? I remember many moons ago, years and years ago, I was very young, I remember um, listening to one preacher and he said this, that some of us, when we come to church, we decide that this is the offering we're going to give. And so he was giving an example and he said that when you left home, you decided that you come to give 20 CDs, yeah? So when you come to church, no matter what happens, that 20 year now, Udebema. I mean, no matter what happens. The preacher can prophesy. I mean, the word can choke you. you. You know, you know that you need to up the game. And even that day, the preacher would say something like, the, before I came, the Lord spoke to me. There's somebody, you know, like, you know that word is coming for you. But you've made up your mind that no matter what happens, that 20, even when you put your hand in your pocket, as well as 20, the 50 even added, followed, but still you thought to yourself, let me put that 50 aside because that means that that person has made up their mind. Unfortunately, it's for evil. You hear sometimes people who, are, I mean, certainly from where I come from, sometimes people will sit down and plan murders. You know, they will sit down and orchestrate to go and kill somebody or sit down and go and steal from somebody. That person's made up their mind. They sit down, they make a plan. And me, sometimes I think to myself, all that effort that people have to do to do evil, why don't they just give up and worship the Lord? For me, I mean, but then I thank God I think like that. So that person's resolved. But let's come back to what our scripture here. God expects you in our, in our walk with him to make up our minds. Somebody has written a song, we're singing, I made up my mind to go God's way the rest of my life. So that person that is writing that song is saying that no matter what happens, I've made up my mind to go God's way. Look at what Habakkuk says. Habakkuk says something like this. When the fig tree does not blossom, when there's no sheep in the pen, when there's no wine, he says, well, yet will I praise him. So in other words, he's resolved. And Habakkuk was writing at a time where things were very bad. The Babylonians had plundered them. I mean, people were eating their children. It was, it was, I don't know. I mean, here, when I came to Ghana, you know what? I did everything to come to Ghana because in the UK, our presiding is here. Things are very hard. We are not allowed to go anywhere. We've been sitting in our homes for one whole year. The only place you can go is to the supermarket. And things are tight. You see how you people are sitting? I have to be telling you, wear masks. When I'm here, please wear masks. It's crazy. This virus is, is not pleasant at all. You should do everything to make sure. I mean, the people are, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy out there. But God is, how did I even get there? I don't remember how I got there. But we need to make sure that when God calls you, no matter what, yeah, the reason why I'm saying that is because things sometimes are really bad. But in that situation, if you're a child of God, you need to make up your mind. So when Habakkuk was a, and I think it's Job that says, though he slay me, for as far as he was concerned, because he didn't have the full picture, God was slaying him. 
But if that was me, I don't know about you, but if that was me, I would say, God, how come you're doing that? Maybe I'd give up. Maybe I'd say, ah, well, because right now in this situation, what people are asking us as believers, where is your God? Where is God? Why is this happening? Why is my brother dying? Why is it? There's a lot of challenges going and people are asking and they say, well, you know, if, I, if, uh, if God is there, why did my brother die, my sister die? If God is there, so I might as well go the other way. But God expects you and I to make a result, to make up our mind. Though he slay us, even though he doesn't slay us, but it looks like he's slaying us, we should still make up our minds. We should be like Elisha. That even though my father is not encouraging me, look at us now as disciples. We want our pastors to tell us good news all the time. Oh, it's well. Praise the Lord. Oh, you'd make it. Blah, blah, blah. As soon as your pastor disciplines you or says something you do not like, well, you go down to the next church. Church in Christ Incorporated. I've left church. Why? Because whatever the pastor told you, you didn't want to hear it. But you need to resolve that no matter what happens, this is my commitment. Because the journey that we're walking, it is not easy. It is, the graph is not, uh, what do you call it, one way. It's not linear. It goes up and down. And God expects you and I to make up our minds, to be determined. So let's go back here. It says, and now you priests, this warning is for you. The book of Malachi is obviously the last, um, what do you call it, book in the Old Testament. And that's what heralds the coming of the Messiah. The uh, book of Malachi was written in the time of, um, you know, the Babylonian times and all of the exile and all of that. He's an acquaintance of Ezra and all of that, Nehemiah and stuff like that. But they put it at the end. And in that book, it's all about restoration. So like, you need to come back because we're heralding into the new year into the new era, into the coming of the Messiah. And this word is for you and I. Anytime, whatever, this is the year of divine success. If we're going to have divine success, there's certain things that we need to pay attention to. We cannot go on with the old ways. We need to start looking ahead. And anytime you hear the word priest, Zion, Israel, Jerusalem, Jacob, Isaac, things like that, is referring to covenant is referring to you and I, Abraham. When God speaks and he says, and now you priest, he's speaking to the priest. We know, again, I, I think that we've taken a lot of time, so I don't want to spend too much time in it. But we know that the priests at the time, they were ministering before God. And at that time, they only had people. You had to come from the uh, tribe of Levi, okay, before you become a priest. And then Aaron's one, and, and Aaron is also from Levi anyway. So they had the Levites, then they had the people from the high priests, those that can come into the Holy of Holies. The Levites were doing the rest of the things and they were serving God. So the priest was referring to them. But we thank God for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody knows where I'm going with this. For now, you and I, because of the blood of Jesus, oh, hallelujah, we have a chosen people. We are royal priesthood. We are priests just like God. Amen? Like Jesus. So this is referring to you and I. So when he says, and now you priest, he's saying, and now you, Dorothy, you, Freedom Center International, Legon, he's talking to you and I. Maybe there is being recorded and you're a child of God. This warning is for you. Anytime you hear the word warning, you know you need to sit up. 
you know you need to drink water. I told you that today we might not say a lot of amens. But this word is for you and I. This warning is for you. And you know, those of us who are blessed to be parents, you know when you talk to your child, I'm warning you. If the child is wise, they need to put themselves in order. You hear, I'm warning you, there's trouble coming. He says, if you do not listen, if you do not listen, and if you do not resolve to honor my name, listening is so important as children of God. A lot of times we love to pray, which is so true. That's good. I mean, I am all for prayer. I mean, prayer, somebody wrote a song, prayer is the master key. I think that as children of God, one of the advantages, I love a, a, a scripture in Hebrews that the writer quoted from the Psalms. It says that because you love God and you love righteousness, you've been anointed with the oil of gladness. You see? And he says, and it sets you above your companions. And anytime I hear, I read that scripture, I always think of you. I don't know if you remember, but many years ago, I had that word for you, and I've always, it's stuck in my head. I don't know why, but anytime I read it, I think of you. But that's a scripture that the writer quoted from the Psalms, and it's something that I treasure, because as children of God, we have an advantage. Yes. Should I say that again? Yes. We have an advantage over everybody else because of that scripture. If we love righteousness, let me say, if we're covenanted and all of that, and we walk with God, we are set above our companions. And what, if you look at that scripture, what sets you above your companions? You've been anointed with the oil of gladness. That's what sets you above your companions. Let me also, as the lawyer would say, I put it to you. What I would say to you and I is that what sets us above above our companions is the ability to pray to God. Right. Now, in prayer, many years ago, I read this little thing that somebody's wrote, said that there was a man that was praying, and he thought that prayer was talking to God. But as he continued to pray, his prayer is talking to God, right? But the more he prayed, he came to the conclusion that prayer was listening to God. And when I, I wrote it down many years ago, and I thought, that is so interesting. Because that's what I think prayer is. But what he figured out is that the more you pray, the more you hear God. So it's not about talking to God, but actually it's about listening. So it's about having a communication between God. So if, I mean, this time is not a good example because I'm talking, and you're not talking back. But if you're having a conversation, that's how we, right? You talk, you're supposed to allow the person to talk back. Yesterday, two days ago, I was talking to my daughter on FaceTime, and I'll say something or the other. Then, I'll, then she said, hey, mom, you're talkative. <laughs> so in other words, I was probably talking a lot, not giving her a chance to, what, to also talk back. So that makes you a talkative. But what, in other words, when you're having a communication, you say something, then I pause, then Pastor King will respond. So how did it go? Did you, how was that meeting? If I'm asking a question like that, I have to give him room to say, oh yeah, it went really well. And then afterwards, what did you do? Yeah, and I went to uh, the, the market. And what did you buy? So what happens is that it begins your having communication. And that's what prayer is. And that is what sets you and I above our companions. And if that is the case, as believers, God is speaking to you. This warning is for us. 
We should not look at prayer or doing things or things that we do in the house of the Lord as us just babbling to God and not taking time to listen to what he says. So God says to you and I, if you do not listen, listening is exactly that. It means to pay attention. It means to attend closely. It means to 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 give ear. And another thing of listening, it means to obey. That's what listening is. So, for example, a lot of times I, I tell this example when it comes to listening. A lot of times uh, back home on Sunday mornings, I have this habit of turning on the news when I'm getting ready for church. I don't know, I've been doing it for years. So I think my intention when I started was so that I could tell the time because on the news it has the time. So when I'm getting ready, I look at the screen to see what time it is. So I just get ready without having to go and look for my phone and stuff. So what happens is that on Sunday mornings, the telly will be on and I am just getting ready. And oftentimes, pastor will ask me something. So sometimes like something will happen and then he will say, oh, what did they say? Right? So maybe it's a headline or something because he thinks I'm listening, right? So when he says to me, what is the headline? I invert 100% every day. I will say to him, oh, I don't know. But the TV's on. So in other words, I am hearing but not listening. So I can hear the thing. So once in a while, if something happens, I may, it may draw my attention. Then I'll have to listen. Okay? But otherwise, I'm hearing. So that's how we communicate with God. Sometimes we're hearing. We come into the house of the Lord and we're hearing. Look at this wonderful music. God bless you, praise the worship team. That's amazing, Sissy. God bless you. You guys, I was loving it. I mean, I love praise and worship. I'm telling you, I'm glad that I can go to heaven without a beautiful voice, but it's so good. So you can hear, but you're not listening. The thing about praise and worship, let me give you the reason why I love praise and worship. The reason why I love praise and worship, because a lot of times, when I come to praise and worship, that's when God speaks to me. I hear God a lot in praise and worship. So in the middle of praise and worship, even sometimes like to do with my preaching and stuff like that, I'll just be there. Then in the middle of praise and worship, God will be telling me something about that word. It will expand it. It will, it will multiply it. Or sometimes he even says to me, don't do that. Preach something else. You know, my son is called Levi. In the middle of praise and worship, God gave me his name. I was just doing praise and worship. And then in, in, just like that, out of nowhere, I wasn't praying. I, wasn't, I was pregnant with him. I wasn't doing anything. I was going to call him something completely different. And I, in the middle of it, I just heard the name Levi. You must call him Levi. Straight. In the middle of praise and worship. So I'm just using an example to tell you that we must not hear God, but we must listen. Pay attention. When we come into God's presence, when you are in his presence, pay attention. In your prayer closet, pay attention. When the, you're, you're praying as a corporate body, pay attention because God expects you and I to listen to him. And that is what will set us above our companions. Have you ever wondered to yourself why as believers we have loads of challenges? Sometimes the people that are, don't even know the Lord are excelling above us. And we are saying, what's going on? And they were blaming God. Maybe it's because we're not listening. And when we listen, we must obey. I'm always scared when I remember the scripture about Saul. When someone gave him instructions, God gave him instructions when he goes to war, not to do this, to do this, to destroy everything. 
and he gets to the end and he leaves Saul. And when Samuel comes, he actually lies and says, oh, no, I destroyed everything. And then Samuel says, what is that bleating of sheep that I hear? And what happened? As a result of that, his kingdom was taken from him because he did not obey. So there's hearing, there's listening, and then there's obedience. And that is what will set you and I above our companions. If you do not listen, and if you do not resolve, back to our word, to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty. I will finish soon because I think our time is See, if you do not resolve, come to a determination. He says what? Resolve to, to do what? To honor my name. In other words, the time in which we're li- they were living in is the times in which we're living in now. In other words, things were challenging. People were saying all manner of things about God. If God was here, why? People were living any which way they wanted to. People were turning their backs on God. People were saying, oh, believers, look at you, look at you, and look at you. And in times like this, in times like these, what does God require of you and I? He requires that we resolve. We make up our minds to be determined to honor God. And what does it mean to honor? It means to give somebody high respect and regard. To lift somebody or that person, that situation above everybody. The Englishman will say to put them on a pedestal. To elevate that person. It means to praise that person. It means to trust that person. To in, intrinsically to say that no matter what happens, me, I will not move. I believe and I trust in God no matter what happens. Though he slay me. Though it's not going the way I expect. Though I am literally at death's door. I will honor him. I will trust him. It means to adore him. It means to worship him. You know, like I said already, when we get to heaven, we are going to, how can we not be worshippers? Worshippers is not about singing. It's not about having a good voice. When you're a worshipper, you are a worshipper. Remember, God says that he's coming for those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Oftentimes, you, you can imagine, I've been to so many churches, so many environments of worship and stuff like that. And oftentimes, I will go somewhere and there will be a leader or stuff, okay, that's singing. They may have a beautiful voice, but they're not a worshiper. There's a disconnect. Watch what Asaph said. Asaph was a, 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 what do you call it, a psalmist. He was a minstrel. He was the one that was leading worships worshippers. And he said something, I think it was Psalm 70, I can't remember, 3, 70, 73. Yes, beautiful. He said something that, look, he said, I almost slipped. In other words, the door, he was the one that where he wasn't connected. He said, until I entered the sanctuary. What does he mean until I entered the sanctuary? He's living in the sanctuary. Have you ever thought about next time when I come, we'll, uh, we'll do that. 
He's, he's in charge of music. He's choir director. He's the one when he sings, everybody's like, oh, wow. He goes, and even the glasses will shatter. I mean, he's professional. He knows his bass clef and his treble. He can write music. So he knows everything. But his foot had slipped. In other words, he, he was disconnected. Though he was singing all that, he was not worshipping. It's when he says, until I entered the sanctuary, he says, in other words, until I had an encounter. And so you and I, God calls us as worshippers. We ought to be determined to worship God. A bochi part or not. We come with our hearts. So when the music strikes or whatever, we just go for it. It doesn't matter whether I have a friend, like, I don't know how. She always puts her own words. Maybe she wants to read the right song. And her voice is like, hey, even me, my voice is better. But she's a worshiper. You see the way she would just worship, the way she will, she will give her heart to God. Connect, because that is what God is telling you and I. We must be determined to worship God. We must be determined to connect with God. Whether the music is going left or right, north or south, it doesn't matter. It means to honor, means to elevate, I've said that already, to exalt, to glorify, and to give obeisance to him. So God is telling you and I that this season, we ought to make up our minds to listen, number one. To not just hear him, to not just listen, but to move it on to obeying. So we go to hearing, to listening, and to obedience. Because that's what he's telling you and I. We ought to do what? Listen. And then he says, and if you do not resolve, because if you don't make up your mind, the wind will blow you. Says this time, the enemy is coming with a double force. So we have to be determined. That even just like Jacob did, when the angel came, he said, if you don't bless me, I'm not letting you go. That's the kind of faith walk you and I need this time. That's why God is telling you and we ought to resolve. We have to come to that decision. It means that we need to sit down and calculate. You know, sometimes you, some of us will sit down and calculate our money, yeah? You just, you, those of us who are organized, we have a spreadsheet. Do you have in? and out. I prophesy that your out will not be more than your in in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Some of us are very organized. You sit down, you calculate things. You sit down, I'm going to do this. Some of us are very good. You have a um, to-do list, yeah? Or you write. You know, some of you are looking at me very guiltily like, oh, I've never done that before. Try it. <laughs> or maybe you're studying and you've got like a revision plan. It's okay, on Monday I'm going to study chemistry on Tuesday. You know, that's a, that's a plan. And sometimes we do those plans. It's good. You know, it's, there's nothing wrong with planning. As believers, we ought to plan. When the Bible talks about planning, he's not saying that God doesn't say, but it's the, when you've got a plan, God will order you, you know, direct the plan. Present it to God. But we need in the same way with our faith work. We ought to do that. 
put pen to paper. Sometimes say to yourself, I'm going to fast and pray. I'm not waiting for Pastor King to tell me. I'm going to sit down and work this out. And this month of so-and-so, I've put it down as a month of June. This month is a month of prayer and fasting. It's a month that I'm going to up my, my offerings. If I give 20 pounds, this month only, I'm determined that I'm going to give every Sunday 40 pounds. Resolve spiritually. Do spiritual exercises like that. Set yourself targets. Make sure that you resolve to honor God. Because when you do things like that, you are honoring God. In your walk with Christ, we ought to put pen to paper. Some of us were too romantic. We, like, we think that things should just be like, oh, it should just come easily. We're waiting for God to say, hey, my son. I was about to say, my son, Abna. My son, Kweku. My daughter, Abna, wake up this month of June. No, be determined. Put yourself out there and allow God, honor him. Because if we do not resolve to honor him, it says, if you do not resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you. Ouch. I did say that we need to drink water. This is God speaking. Oftentimes we say to ourselves, God does not curse. Oh, you know, I'm beyond the curse. I'm blessed beyond the curse. It's so true. That's true. But however, in some cases, we are not blessed beyond the curse. Because the one who is cursing us is God Almighty. The king of all kings. The one when he opens the door, nobody can shut. And when he closes the door, nobody, the one who holds all power. When he speaks, it is established. And the one who is for you, when we say God is for you, who can be, and the one who is, when he's against you, nobody can speak on your behalf. Remember, that's the God that you and I said. But he says that if you don't do this, I will send a curse on you. And he says, and I will curse your blessings. Ooh. That's a challenge. I will curse your blessings. God only blesses. That's what he's saying. So what he's saying in effect is that the things that he has given you, that only he can give. It's not, by, it's not man that ran it or will it, but it's by God who shows mercy. That promotion that he's given you, I will send a curse on it. That child that he's given you, I will send a curse on it. That car that he's given you, I will send a curse on That marriage that he's given, or oh, we don't like that, do we? We can't say amen. But you see how weighty this is. This is weighty, right? Yeah. What does God say in Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy 28, right? He says, if you will obey me and do all these things, then he says, I'll bless your water. I'll bless your bread. I'll, the kneading trough and all of that your children, your womb, and all of that. But the flip side of it is that if you do not, that's what he's talking about. Curse your blessings. A lot of times, some of us, we ask God for something. Something, something, something. I want a child, I want a child, I want a child, I want a child. And then the child that God has given you, then now, because of the, oh, I'm sorry. I can't cry my bread, this and that and that and that. Whatever the situation is. I remember years ago, there was this a particular lady that uh, I knew. And she 
was barren and we spent years and years and years praying. I mean, before I married, she had been married a good 10, 15 years ahead of me. And like, well, she didn't have a child, so we were praying, 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 praying. I got married, had children, like um, two children. Then I was still praying for her. I just had this completely praying, 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 praying. And then, after, yeah, so I think her son is a year younger than mine. So look, I was married 11 years when I had my son. So you can imagine, she'd been married like 15 years, then you add 11, yeah, before, like, she had, so that's a long time. And then, we pray, pray, pray. So she had a child, glory to God. One day I met her, then she was like, hey, this thing is very hard. And I was like, this one, that's heavy stuff. It's amazing, but I've never forgotten that conversation because I remember thinking, wow, but that's how we all are. We're all like that, including myself. I'm not judging, I'm just using it as an example. The things that we pray for, when we get it, the reasons that we don't give it right back to God. Everything that we have belongs to God. That's why God was able to say to Abraham, now I know. It's not about, when he said to Abraham, God, I don't know how to explain, like, from the, God knew that that was his son. And he said, give me your son, your only son. We will assume that God knew whether, uh, that Abraham would give it to him. Maybe he didn't, we don't know. The interesting thing, that's for another story, is that when he did it and he was about to kill him, God tells him to stop. Yeah? And he tells him that there's a other a ram in the thicket. But what does God say? He says, now I know. Does God, do you have a now I know moment with God? For each one of us, we have to have a moment for God to say, now I know. In other words, now my relationship with you, Abraham, has gone to a different level. Because I know that you are fully committed to me. You have resolved to worship me regardless. And God expects you and I to be like that. To resolve that no matter what, the one and only son, whatever it is, otherwise the blessings will be cursed. I know I don't want my blessings to be cursed. I don't want my children, my generations. What I live for is that when it's all done and gone, but my children will be able to look and say, my mother ran the race. And as a result of my mother, I can receive blessings and my grandchildren to a thousand generations if the Lord tarries. And I pray for you and I. I'm about to end. He says, otherwise I'll curse your blessings. And then he says, yes, I have already cursed them because you have not resolved to honor. So the people in Malachi that he was speaking to, he was giving them a chance, even though he had already done it. So in other words, if you decide that you're not going to listen, if you decide I'm not going to resolve to honor God, then that's the end result. So we'll do shandirubakatarabada. We'll sing all manner of songs. But it will not work because we're dealing with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He expects something from us the same way he's given his only son. So, 
I'm ending by saying, how do we honor God? If you're writing notes, write this. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10 tells us how we ought to honor God. Like I said, I won't go one Sunday, so. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10 talks about honoring God with your wealth, your first fruits. That's how you honor God. You can honor God like that. Psalm 50 and 23 talks about we ought to honor God with thanks offering. He says, those who sacrifice thank offerings, and we, can't, we haven't got time to do it there, but to sacrifice means to push yourself beyond your comfort zone. So you do that by your offering and also sacrifice thanks offering. Like the woman who lost her son, that she was, he was going to Elisha, she was going to Elisha. Her only son. Remember, the world to do woman, the Bible tells us in the beginning, she, gave, she just gave the prophet room. And then he said to his servant, well, is there anything that I can do for the woman? Watch the conversation. He says, oh, she doesn't have a child. I've not noticed a, a child crying. When the prophet was about to prophesy, what did she say? Watch what she said. Prophet, please, remember Hamadri. I have resolved that this is my lot. I have gotten used to the fact that me to me, and yeah, I'm happy. Just leave me alone. But the prophet still prophesied. And he said, a year by this time. Let me just take a moment to prophesy into your life. That anything that has been so challenging, that has been impossible, a year by this time. Today is the 16th of May, 2021. If I were you, I would sacrifice a thanks offering into it. That a year by this time, your situation will change. We will all see. The Bible tells us that a year the child was born. I prophesy that whatever your child represents, a year by this time, also will come. In the name of Jesus, I speak, so let it be, in Jesus' name. Break every chain, break every chain. Thank you for joining us. We trust you are greatly blessed. Please do well to subscribe to our channel and please share so someone else will be blessed as well.